Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Hey, I have some good news for you today. Uh, over the past, well, since last summer, uh, we've been studying as a featured course on LogosBibleStudy.com all of the epistles and letters of St. Paul. We began the study, I think it was in August of this past year, as a kind of uh, COVID relief program. And this coming Saturday, we will finish all of St. Paul's epistles and letters. So I'm going to have a new featured course that will come up uh, this weekend on June 1st. And during the entire month of June, for four weeks, we'll be studying the book of Job. I listened to the four lectures uh, yesterday, and honestly, I, I think it's one of the best courses I've ever done. So we're going to offer the book of Job, four lessons across the month of June, absolutely free for everyone. You don't have to be a subscriber. You don't have to be a member of Logos. Anyone who would like to listen, all you need to do is go to logosbiblestudy.com Click on the featured course, Job. It will ask for your name and email. You pick a password and boom, you are in. So we will have four lessons that you can listen to each week. And then every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, we'll have a discussion section for that lesson on Zoom. Uh, you'll receive the credentials for the Zoom meeting when you sign up. So every Saturday, 10 to 12, we'll have our Zoom discussion session with me and your other class members. And also, every Tuesday and Thursday from 11 a.m. until noon Pacific time, I have my online office hours. You just go on Zoom and you can join us and have a discussion with me and with anyone else who happens to drop by. Usually we have between five and ten people who come in during the hour and uh, great discussions. And it's really a nice way. The discussion groups on Saturday and also the office hours, a really nice way for all of us to get to know each other. So whether you're a subscriber or not, you are invited to sign up for the Job course, which includes the course itself, the discussion groups and the office hours across the month of June. We will have a great time together, and I look forward to seeing you uh, as we move into June and start this study of Job. Job, oh, it is a difficult book. God is just, and God is love. Job is the best man who ever lived, and yet Job suffers terribly why. And that's what we'll explore in this study of Job, a profound book and a profoundly disturbing book at the same time. Okay, on to our new podcast here. We've been covering personalities in the Bible, and we, we had a study of St. Paul, we had a study of David, and we just ended a study of Solomon. And I'd like to move further back in time and look at a major figure in scripture, and that would be Abraham. So over the next several weeks, we're going to take a close look at the person and work of Abraham, his place in the Bible, his place in the plan of salvation. 
So I turn back now to Genesis chapter 11, starting at verse 27, as a means of transition into the Abraham story. We're hitting right toward the end of a lengthy genealogy that's going to bring us from the primeval times, Genesis 1 through 11, to the historical times, beginning with Abraham in Genesis 12. So I read to you. Now these are the records of the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. So Lot is Abram's nephew. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his birth in Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur of the Chaldeans is in southern Iraq of today, a little bit north of the Persian Gulf. It's one place I've not been to and would love to go, but well, probably now is not a good time to be wandering around Iraq. But I hope one day to get there. I have seen pictures of the archaeological remains of Ur of the Chaldeans, but putting my feet there and walking on it, boy, I'd like to do that. Well, we continue. Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren and had no children. This theme of the barren wife uh, is introduced right here in Genesis chapter 11, and it will be a continuing theme as we move all the way through the Bible. Notice, as we do, as we study through the Bible, that how many barren women there are who miraculously are able to bear children. So Sarai was barren. I should note, Abram and Sarai are their names. Later, God will change their names to Abraham and Sarah. Abraham meaning the father of many, and Sarah meaning princess. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran and settled there. So the whole family picks up and moves from Ur of the Chaldeans down by the Persian Gulf in Iraq, way, way down south, and they move up through the Mesopotamian Valley between the Tigris and Euphrates River, all the way north up to Haran, which today is in eastern Turkey. We visited Haran. It's a, a, a small archaeological site, uh, but well worth visiting to see uh, what Haran is like, uh, where this family went. So there they were, and they settled. Now the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. Now, we move into Genesis chapter 12, the Abraham story proper. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. This is the Abrahamic covenant. God makes a covenant with Abraham. And notice, 
It doesn't depend on anything Abram says or does. It's an unconditional covenant that through Abram, later Abraham, all people on earth will be blessed. It's here in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, that God makes that covenant with Abram and initiates the plan of redemption. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So he's not a young man. Even though Terah died at 205 years, 75, well, you're not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, he's a mature person. And he's going to pick up and leave Haran. And I find this really interesting that Terah would take the entire family and move from Ur of the Chaldeans to Haran. You don't leave your place, your home. You spend generation after generation after generation as a tribe, a clan, and a family in that one place. So what triggered, what triggered Terah to move? What triggers Abram to move? Well, Abram moves because God told him to do so. But what about Terah? We have to think about that. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem the, to the oak of Morah. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. So from Haran, eastern Turkey of today, Abram and his family head south all the way to the center of what we consider today modern-day Israel. So south all the way down to the Oak of Marah at Shechem. And there the Lord appeared to Abram, and he said, to your descendants, I will give this land. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. I am giving you this land. You've given up the land in Ur of the Chaldeans. You've given up the land in Haran, but I am giving you this land. You will settle here. Well, that's the promise of land, the promise of land. A critical component of the Abrahamic covenant. Property and people, real estate and generations of people. I give you this land. And you know, this happens, this all happens around 2000 BC. And today, today, our very day, when you're listening to this podcast, God giving Abram that land is still a major issue. Why, we're just now sorting out yet another conflict between the Israelis and Palestinians. The dust is settling as I speak. This has been going on, oh gosh, for 4,000 years. You think, we, you think we're going to solve this? Well, he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel, continuing south, and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. 
And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So now Abram, whose father Terah was a pagan, Abram is now a devotee of Yahweh, of Elohim, of God. Every time he stops, he builds an altar and worships. Now Abram journeyed on, continuing toward the Negev. The Negev is the desert area in the south of Israel. So the movement has been from eastern Turkey in the north all the way down through the central mountain range, all the way down past what will become Jerusalem, all the way down into the desert. Abram is a desert-dwelling person, Ur of the Chaldeans. It's a desert area. Now, immediately after arriving in the Negev, there was a famine in the land. Famines are really severe problems because if the crops don't grow or if they're destroyed, what do people eat for the next year until a new harvest? I've been to the Negev many a time. I've hiked through the Negev. It is a barren place. There's a famine. No food. You couldn't, couldn't catch a rattlesnake. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. So Abram took his family and continued from the Negev to the coastal plain, the Mediterranean coast, what today is Gaza, and then south all the way down into Egypt. And why go to Egypt when there's a famine? Because Egypt is the breadbasket of the ancient world. The Nile River, 4,000 miles long, flows north. It begins in the high mountains in Africa. And the river flows for 4,000 miles north and empties out into the Mediterranean. That river, every year, inundates. When the snows melt in the mountains, it inundates the river and deposits silt along the banks of the river, uh, where today, uh, when we visit Cairo and... Uh, a little bit south of Cairo, all that's agricultural land. Fayum is a fabulous ag agricultural uh, land. And crops grow. The Nile inundates every year, and every year fertilizes the land and produces a lot of crops. So down to Egypt they go because there's food in Egypt. Now it came about when Abram uh, came near to Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, now Egypt at this time, and we'll be going to Egypt uh, this coming January. Uh, we have our first trip to Egypt since 2012, and I am really looking forward to it. We'll be going with my friend and colleague, the Egyptologist, uh, Professor Imad Samir, uh, Imad Faltas, and uh, we, we're going to have a very fine time in Egypt. But Egypt is a dazzling, sophisticated culture. One of the most dazzling cultures on the face of the earth. The major source of power for the ancient world. And here come Abram, Sarai, and the, and the family. And they're moving into a very sophisticated culture. And... Abram said to Sarai, 
I know you're a very beautiful woman. And when the Egyptians see you, they'll say, oh, this is his wife. And they'll kill me. But you, they'll let live. So here, here's the plan. Please say that you're my sister so that it may, will, may go well with me because of you and that I may live on account of you. <laughs> now imagine if you were Saria. How would you, how would you re respond to that? Well, it came about when Abram came into Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was indeed very beautiful. So Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house to become part of the harem of Pharaoh. Now, what would Abraham be thinking about this? Well, Pharaoh treated Abram well for, the sake, uh, for her sake and gave him sheep and oxen and donkeys and male and female servants and female donkeys and camels. He gave all kinds of gifts to the person he thought was her brother. But the Lord... <laughs> the Lord struck Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. This is a very funny scene. So Sarai, who's clearly a very beautiful woman, who got the eye, caught the eye of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, now she's in the harem. Ab Abram is pimping his wife to Pharaoh. And every time Pharaoh would try to do anything with Sarai, well, the equipment didn't work. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What have you done to me? It's never happened to me before. Why did you tell me she was your wife? I guess she fessed up. Why did you say, She's my sister, so I took her for my wife. Now, now go, get out, take her with you. Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they escorted him away with his wife and all that belonged to him. Well, Abram is down in Egypt, and he leaves Egypt with Sarai and a whole lot of wealth. How about that for a story? That begins the plan of redemption. So we're going to follow up on this on Wednesday. We'll see where it goes. I will see you then. And be sure to sign up for the Job course, totally free, on LogosBibleStudy.com. Thank you. Bye-bye now.